Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, and welcome to the Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. Please go to www.concussiontalk.com to find out more about this podcast, my blog, and my ebook. This is my 11th podcast and my first of 2016. In this podcast, I will talk to Dr. Leo DeCosta, a neurosurgeon at Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto. Dr. DaCosta and his team are doing very interesting research into concussions. More specifically, they're looking at blood flow within the brain after brain trauma and the search for an objective indicator of concussions. It is fascinating and encouraging research. I hope you get as much out of this interview as I did. Hi, I'm talking to Dr. Leo DaCosta. And about, uh, well, he can tell you what it's about, what his research and his work is. So uh, if you please introduce yourself and talk about generally your areas of scientific research and your specialization. Okay. Hi, Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Leo DaCosta. I'm a neurosurgeon at uh, Sunnybrook in Toronto, uh, UFT. And uh, I'm a cerebrovascular surgeon uh, by, by trade. And uh, we deal here, too, with a lot of trauma, traumatic injuries. So my main uh, areas of research interest are related to cerebral blood flow uh, and its relationship to injury, be that traumatic or ruptured of brain aneurysms or some other kinds of brain injuries that we see sometimes, like strokes, uh, and also in developing uh, imaging methods to, to measure this injury and to to follow that. Uh, this is mostly what we've been doing uh, recently. Well, thank you very much. Actually, and I just had a question about cerebrovascular reactivity, but you already mentioned it, but could you explain to the listeners, I saw one of your areas of, of interest was cerebrovascular reactivity. So could you please just describe to explain to the listeners what that is? Uh, yes. Uh, well, simply put is is the ability that the vessels inside the brain have to react to some stimuli, different uh, stimuli. So uh, we have a similar process with blood pressure, which is called autoregulation. 
the reactivity uh, is the rea reaction to chemical uh, substances or to CO2 or to changes in the environment of the brain. So if you change something, for example, if you uh, breathe more CO2, which is what we deal, uh, the vessels in the brain will uh, constrict. If you uh, breathe less CO2, they may uh, dilate. Uh, and the same applies for certain chemical substances that you can inject in the brain. So reactivity is that capacity of, of reaction. Well, thank you very much. So now, actually, I will talk about concussion. So your research obviously was in, was in, in concussion and cerebrovascular activity. But first, how would you how would you define how would you define a concussion? Uh, it, it's a temporary dysfunction of the brain caused by a blunt injury, usually a blunt injury to the head. Uh, uh, so there's usually no uh, damage that we can see, like the MRIs are normal, the CTs are normal. Uh, it's temporary. Some people may lose consciousness very briefly. Some people don't. I mean, the, the more uh, complicated it is, uh, the more less likely it is to become a, 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 a traumatic injury, such as a mild head injury. Uh, there's a bit of an overlap between the concussion and the mild head injury, which keeps going on to more severe injuries. But uh, essentially, it's a temporary blow to the head that disturbs function uh, and uh, with or without very brief loss of consciousness. Well, thank you very much. So actually, that kind of leads very well to my next question. So do concussions have long-term or permanent effects? Uh, it, yes. Uh, it, this was brought up initially by sports medicine, right? When you see that uh, the, there's actually a, a movie about it now, uh, where repeated injuries would lead to, to serious consequences. And we now are finding out that even in mild concussions, uh, single blows to the head, you can have people, a percentage of patients that actually have uh, long lasting effects, that most often neurocognitive effects, like they could be uh, depressed, they could be having trouble focusing, they could have headaches, uh, disturbance of sleep, and of course that it's more if uh, the concussion is more severe or if there are more concussions, right? Wow. So, so there is a, there's an important long-term effect in some people. Definitely. Definitely. So actually you were saying that because your part of your research was to look for objective, you want you want to find the objective indicators, right? Because you believe that, because you're saying that you believe that you know that that uh, when patients come in, doctors have to kind of not guess. Yeah, the way it works now is is a trial and error, right? So for for example, for sports, uh, the player would hurt himself, and then he would be taken out of play, and then there's some time frames, and people would wait, and then when the player is feeling well, it's, he reports that he's feeling well, and then they will try again and put him back to play. Some people go and uh, and uh, can play, and some people don't. Uh, this is intrinsically unreliable because, I mean, first you're dealing with type A personalities. They're competitive players. They want to play. Uh, so how reliable it is the report, we don't know. So mm -hmm. it's well known that some people actually overlook symptoms because it's not in their personality to pay attention to that. Yeah. The other thing is we don't really have anything to monitor the progression. We don't even know you do MRIs and most often they're all normal, right? So more specific MRI sequences may see some things, uh, but the usual average MRI won't see anything. And you have to know uh, when that person is ready to go back. I think that's important. The same applies to the military. The same applies to construction work. The same applies to anything, right? Yeah. 
So, so you want so you want to find the objective, an objective indicator. So, and you want to use cerebral vascular reactivity to help you do that, or you not want to. You're looking research lead that way. So, what? Uh, what is that one question there? Um, well, so what can the cerebral vascular system tell us about concussions and brain injury in general? So. I it all started with severe brain injury. I mean, we know there's a lot of changes in the way the blood vessels in the brain react to different stimuli after a traumatic blow to the head. And this is important for us when dealing with severe injury because we, the, the most important thing is to maintain perfusion to the brain. So you want the brain to be fed by blood at an appropriate rate after an injury so you don't have lack of blood or you don't have too much blood in it. And sometimes that's hard because we find out that the brain doesn't respond the same way it would uh, a healthy brain response. So if I increase the blood pressure, sometimes the brain gets too much blood, uh, which normally wouldn't happen. So there's some evidence that that also happens in milder injuries. So these people are, one, they're in, at risk for a second injury. Right? You may have heard some people have a second blow syndrome where they have an apparently mild injury and they eventually uh, go to have very severe neurological damage from a second injury that was also mild. Uh, and the other thing is to use these things to see if, since the, the anatomical MRIs are essentially normal, uh, can we pick up uh, uh, trouble in the function? I mean, could we see, pick that up and maybe this trouble in function is related to why these people have so long-lasting symptoms, right? So that's the whole idea behind that. So we can't see anything on the form, so maybe we should look in the function to see if there's something that's not working. Okay, so in terms of this research that you are doing or have done, I'm not sure if you're, it's ongoing or not, but uh, how soon after the injury, the patients you have, so for this, I'll start again, so this research study, you examine patients who are, have had brain injuries or concussions? Uh, yes. So we we did a few patients on a pilot study, and we, we took them up to uh, a month from injury. And this, now we're running a different protocol, which we're just final, finalizing the, the data collection now. And we are admitting patients uh up to two weeks from the concussion. The average is seven to ten days, so it's pretty early uh, after injury. Okay, so and it's only it's only mild brain injury, or is it only concussions? Okay. Uh, and we do for this study, we're doing the the test twice. One is within two weeks. The other one is within two months. Looking for that change in in time uh, over time, that change over time to see if there's if there is uh, something useful there. Well, that was actually one of my questions. So my question was, given everyone's body reacts differently, it seems this requires a lot of monitoring of patients' cardiovascular activity. So do you do you need to do baseline testing for vascular, for vascular activity as well? As well, no, no. This... Uh we do that for for the, for some neurocognitive tests. You have to yeah. do a season and a postseason one. Uh, uh, for the for the reactivity, the patient is, is his own controls, right? Because what we do is that we scan you with no stimuli, and then we scan you after you're stimulated. Okay. So we have your baseline. It's a change from your baseline because it changes all the time, right? If I go for a run, 
I would breathe faster, my CO2 levels will come down, my vessels will clamp down a little bit. So that's normal. Uh, and, and it's a very dynamic situation. It changes really fast. So. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So, uh, we use the patient's own baseline uh, on both tests, on both days. And actually, because I read this, first found out your research by reading the, an article in Sunbrook Magazine, the fall issue of 2015, and there's mention of it use a bold sequence. And I, yeah. I've looked it up, but so I don't need to. What, what, is, a, what is a bold sequence? B O L D. Yeah, so both is blood oxygen level dependent. Uh, this was a very smart thing that uh, some radiologist research uh, find, found out. Uh, it, it captures the changes in the amount of uh, hemoglobin in the body, in, in the blood vessel. So if I, if I dilate the vessel, I have more oxygenated hemoglobin in there. So the percentage will change between the hemoglobin with and without oxygen. And the bold sequence in the MRI captures that change. So it can tell us about how, how different the vessel is before and after. You know what I mean? It, because the change is in the concentration of oxygen in that, uh, in that particular blood vessel. So you're doing this study using, using an MRI machine. Yes. So, so given that you're measuring, so what you're measuring, using what you're measuring now, 
if this research needs leads to an objective indicator, will you will you need an MRI machine to to test for it once? Uh, yeah, technically, yes. Well, there, we've done uh, reactivity using transcranial Doppler, for example, right? So you, you can also do that. Uh, the only issue is that if you want to know exactly where, because we don't believe that the brain changes as a whole. There's a parts of the brain that would probably change more than other parts of the brain and or less. And the MRI allows you to discriminate between these places. So you can actually see... Uh, the regions in the brain and how they react. So sometimes we have one that reacts very well, the other one just adjacent to it doesn't. And the other ways that we do this test, they won't allow us to, to see that so accurately. So it, it gives you a global picture. So the MRI is a requirement for the test. So I get the idea that although you're looking for, you're looking for an objective indicator, you're not looking for one single indicator, you're looking for objective indicators to tell you. So how do you, like, how do you measure... Is that right? Think for more than one more than one indicator. So uh, the way the way the test is done is they, they they measure. So the MRI picture is divided in something called voxels, which are very small squares, cubes actually, okay. of imaging. And the reactivity in each one of these voxels is measured, and then you can average it for region for um, whatever way you like, uh, white matter, gray matter. Uh, so you're measuring the reactivity in each one of these little voxels, and you're comparing them in different regions of the brain and before and after the stimuli that you give. So you actually end up with numbers, which could be whole brain or just a region, and you can compare them with that. So you, you, you can you can get a number. So how how do, how do you measure it? You say you measure these voxels, the reactivity and the change in the in the voxels. How 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 is it measured? Like using what what unit is used to measure this, or what? It's just an image. Uh, so the we do the the you're doing the bold MRI, right? Yeah. And then you have your CO2 that it's uh, we have a device here that it can hold it in a certain level, so I can keep your CO2, for example, at 40. Okay. And then I'm doing the bold MRI at 40, and then I will give you five milligrams of CO2 extra. So in a few minutes, your CO2 will go up to 45. And your blood vessels in the brain will change accordingly, right? Assuming your brain is healthy, you will change accordingly. Yeah. And the bold MRI will pick up that change. So the, the, the reactivity index is essentially the change in blood, in the bold sequence, how much bold signal change divided by how much CO2 you gave, the change in CO2. So it essentially gives you an index, which, which is just a number. So the return to play, which is the aim of this, uh, how would you measure, what constitutes return to play for you? What, do you either just measure the patient again, or how would you uh, define well, it? I think we're very far away from that. Okay. Uh, right now we're trying to find out if there is a big difference between patients with just simple concussions and patients uh, that never had a concussion, right? So once we find that out, we have to find out where if there is a relationship with any any symptoms, and then also how that evolves over time. So how long it takes to get better? Is it a month? Is it two weeks? Um, what time frame is fine? And once we answer all those questions, maybe we can be able to say, okay, this is useful. And if you have a, a reactivity index that is not up to a number X, 
you can't play or something like that. But we don't really have okay. normal index so far. Okay, okay. That answers, that answers a lot of questions, actually. Thanks. This is, I learned a lot in this little brief talk. And, uh, but you said you had some, there was some more, there was more research going on there that you were involved in? Uh, yes, we're, we're doing some uh, interesting stuff. Uh, so one, two, we're looking to, before we started this, we're looking to say, well, maybe concussion is important, is not important. And then we looked at our own series of uh, patients. We have a trauma clinic here manned by uh, neuropsychiatrists. And they have a database of about 14 years of patients. It's like almost 2,000 patients with mild injuries that have been followed for a long time. Most of these patients are discharged now, but we have uh, psychiatric data, like neuropsychiatric data, and we're looking at uh, depression and uh, 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 trends to thoughts about suicide to see if this is, is, is increased or not. And it happens that it seems to be increased in this population, even with mild uh, concussions. Uh, people tend to get more depressed, so that kind of told us that, yes, it is an important issue. Uh, we're also looking into uh, magnetencephalography, which is uh, uh, an EEG kind of uh, test that can be overlapped into an MRI uh, with the difference that it can probe deep brain areas to see how, how the brain function, electrically speaking, after a mild head injury. And it seems to be quite different uh, from, uh, from patients who don't have a head injury. Uh, uh, in terms of electrophysiology, it looks like they use more brain to do the same tasks. And that would explain uh, the fatigue, the lack of concentration, because they're actually using a lot of, of power to, to do a task that before the concussion will be done just with a, a standard uh, low energy mode. Yeah, that's, I guess I find that myself, that, that I use a lot more energy now than I used to just doing simple tasks. Like yeah, making so, a dinner or just naming that much, just going for a walk. Yeah, so that that uh, that study with Meg that we actually published uh, last year uh, showed that that they use a huge amount of uh, parts of the brain that uh, that are normally not used uh, in the control. So uh, things are coming together uh, quite nice. Uh, we're recently finishing uh, data, writing a manuscript on uh, subarachnoid hemorrhage injury, like the bleeding in the brain for yeah. a beginner. <laughs> Because of brain aneurysms, and uh, uh, so so things are interesting. There's some areas of the brain, the very specific areas of the brain, that seem to be correlated to neurocognitive deficits that these patients that recover from the bleed uh, have, uh, chronically speaking, like in the long term. So uh, yeah, things are going well. I hope we're going to have some yeah. some good news in the future. It definitely sounds very interesting. So, and you're looking at. Specifically, the sports objective indicators, but you didn't also mention that there are neurocognitive, med, like there's depression, there's other yeah. neuropsych areas oh, yeah. that are very important. Uh, yeah, a lot of things that come with uh, a head injury, and, and it seems to extend even to the mildest forms, right? So, one thing that we found that it's interesting is that the changes in. So, First, the group with TBI seems to react different than the control group. So we know that uh, now. And, uh, and it seems also that uh, that difference lasts for much longer than we thought. I mean, most people will tell you that after two weeks, you can go back and play. Yeah. Uh, we have people up to two months after that. When they come back two months after, 
Uh, and there's still a significant difference between these two groups in terms of how they react to to CO2. And more importantly so, uh, the difference is not huge, but it's how that correlates with their symptoms. Like if you plot their complaints and their reactivity numbers, they, they, there's a relatively good correlation. I mean, it's not very strong because the numbers are small, uh, but there is a relatively good correlation between how well they react and how much symptoms they complain about. Huh. So that's, uh, we're on the right track. That really sounds like that sounds like really interesting research. So I um, just want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this, to speak to me, and uh, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks. Once again, I would like to thank Dr. Costa for a great interview. It's very interesting. And thank you for listening. Please check out my website, www.concussiontalk.com. More blogs, more podcasts, and my ebook Detour. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.